From finance to family. I'm excited to spend time with the grandkids. They brighten my day. And maintaining your lifestyle. They keep me up to date. It's time for Guarding Your Nest Egg with Mike Lester of Talon Wealth, along with Kristen Charles. Join the conversation at guardingyournestegg.com. When it comes to the economy and Wall Street, good news, Mm -hmm. Mike. Job growth is cooling. No, that's not good news. And stocks seem to be mixed. Yeah, that sounded, you're like, good news. I know, I messed Nick it up. Yeah. Sounded, yeah. Okay, so job growth's cooling. What else is going on that's not good news, Kristen? 209,000 jobs were created in June, a little lighter than expected. But right. the revisions to the numbers from April, have you seen this? Actually, it was revisions to April and May are more Mm -hmm. intriguing to me. Combined job numbers for April and May were 110,000 lower than initially reported. So we were worse off than we thought. Don't you wonder how you can be so far off with numbers like that? You know, when they go to the revisions, I I always do. I think that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's not like one or two or 50. It's a big spread. Get this, though. In June, 30% of the jobs that were added were in government. The most out of Mm. any category. You know, I was uh, really nerdy in college, and I liked economics. Um, Hence the uh, business and economics degree from UF. Got it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, that's not good jobs because you have to actually tax other Americans to then pay for government jobs. And so it's it's not actually helping the economy, the government jobs thing. So uh, it's a loss, basically. You're paying more government. I'm not saying government employees aren't great. I'm just saying that they aren't contributing to – profit right for the country there actually is a uh, a drawdown on the profits yeah but the retirement system is pretty good there um construction health care and leisure and hospitality ticked up too we know that everybody's mm-hmm. ready to go in the summer but fox business said it's the lowest job creation since december of 2020 those were not good times i am mm-hmm. certainly not an expert mike and we don't use the word expert but You know, those experts have opinions, and I like to hear your opinion because I know you and you, again, the nerding is very helpful. But to me, it feels like the Fed's probably going to hike rates again because they correlated all the jobs numbers is what it seems like. Or am I wrong? You know, again, the people on TV uh, are usually not all the time, but usually they're getting paid to have an opinion. I don't get paid to have an opinion. You just ask me and then, you know, we got to go. You know. Yeah, mine's complimentary as well. <laughs> yeah, mine's, uh, yeah, complimentary. I don't get paid to have an opinion. I just have one. Um, but the um, my opinion about it is as things are slowing down, I think that the, the Fed is actually less likely uh, hmm. to continue raising rates. Um, the, the, the whole goal was to bring inflation down. And uh, get it down. I think they said, you know, like the two percent range. We got almost to nine percent. You know, nine percent is really, really scary. We're around four percent now. Um, their goal was two. Uh, they got really, really aggressive, obviously, with with hiking uh, interest rates, and uh, that that's had some effect. But overall, when you see the economy already slowing down and people already cutting back, um, in my opinion, the premise here, I think, is that. Um, the economy is starting to cool on its own, even without the Fed raising rates more. Uh, and, and, the, and the raises that they've done are starting to take effect. So if people are cutting back and spending less, I think that inflation number is likely to continue to trickle down. And if it's continued to trickle down, the Fed is less likely to uh, continue to raise uh, rates. Now, um, Powell doesn't exactly have an awesome track record 
you know, when it comes to timing on rates and everything else. I mean, he's criticized a lot for all of that, um, you know, through, uh, I mean, not just this administration, obviously other administrations, but if they continue to raise rates, they run the risk of um, just pushing the economy into just a, you know, a bottleneck just stops, right? So you hear about, well, is it going to be a soft landing? You know, what does that really mean? You know, versus I guess the alternative to soft landing is a hard landing. Um, hard landing is everything comes to a screeching halt, Eek. right? And we just have a massive recession. Please no. Versus we just kind of have a we have a mild recession, and so okay. I don't want to say I'd be surprised if they raise rates because I don't think anything would surprise me at this point in time. But um, I I would not be surprised if if they don't raise rates. They said maybe two more times this year. Uh, I don't know that it makes sense to do it. Things are already slowing down. Well, people having jobs clearly doesn't create inflation. I mean, that's not a thing because inflation still stings, even though it has decreased. So we know that that's like a totally separate issue. And that's why I get confused about what the Fed goes on to determine whether or not raising rates is going to help inflation. But maybe mm-hmm. that's a conversation for another time. I want to talk some Christonomics. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. got anomics now. Did you... Um Trademark that? Christonomics? Not yet. Okay. After this, I will, because this is according to me being just an average American human that interacts with all types of people in various financial situations at various ages across the country. Wages haven't kept up with inflation, and the middle class and everyone else is feeling it. In fact, there was an intriguing headline in the USA Today on July 6th. Quote, Biden is trying to sell Bidenomics, but Americans can't afford the president's agenda. Amen on that. I mean, Reaganomics was about cutting taxes and regulations, reducing spending and capitalism. Bidenomics seems to be focused on the opposite of all of that. So I want to start Christonomics. Just be a regular person. I was going to say, what's your platform? I'd have you be my czar of, you know, financial stuff. But no, seriously, Reaganomics, a lot of people that listen to and watch us valued that so much and know what that term means. It was common sense. I mean, you know, if you cut spending, if you encourage, you know, if if you incentivize people to work and, you know, cut taxes. And I mean, it just all of that makes sense. Um, This whole Bidenomics, uh, hey, look at how amazing I am uh, because I created more jobs than, you know, anyone else in theory. I'm like. Well, yeah, right after COVID, yeah, people aren't clearly, they're not stupid, right? They know that the Bidenomics numbers aren't adding up. It's just a political thing. So, And in my experience, most people are pretty common sense about stuff. I mean, right is right, wrong is wrong. People know you can't spend more than you make and not eventually run out of money one day. That's just how it works. And you can't run the government in a way that uh, you, you have this huge deficit and not eventually have a problem at some point in time. And just because you have the ability to print money you know, and come up with it from nowhere doesn't mean things are always going to be okay. And so people are, are very concerned, as they probably should be, but it's a timing thing. Is it, is it going to get real bad in the next few months? Uh, probably not. But um, is there a storm on the horizon? Yeah. On the radio show we do and stuff, Kristen, you know, we, we talk a lot about not hanging in there on a portfolio. This idea that I'm going to have a certain percentage in stocks all the time and a certain percentage in you know, bonds all the time. And I'm just going to stick with that no matter what, because the average rate of return historically was a particular number. Um, To me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Things have changed. There's technology. Um, You can be more active 
in the management of your portfolio or hire somebody to be more active in the management of your portfolio. And if that accomplishes a, a higher rate of return, I mean, if, if, if through active management, you can get a higher rate of return net of whatever fee you're paying, then there's a value add there. So hold on. Is that Talonomics? <laughs> Talonomics. See, now I got to go out and trademark that, Talonomics. <laughs> I mean, everybody's got a nomics, so why not? That actually that plays out pretty well. I can Talonomics. All right. Talonomics. Thanks for calling yeah, Talonomics. <laughs> People no, are going like, what are they talking about? Yeah, give me but. the Talonomics of it. What are our clients asking about, concerned about, and what are you preparing them for? Because we don't really know exactly what's going to happen with the Fed, which affects so many different situations. Give me the Talonomics. The talonomics are take a look around. What's going on right now, whether it's in the economy or whether it's in the stock market, in our opinion, it's just not sustainable. The valuation on companies right now, a lot of it is based on tons of spending, but all that money, again, was printed. And so if you're a shareholder of a particular company that really benefited from the trillions of dollars that were printed that people then spent in the economy, what do you think is going to happen to the share price of that company when people start cutting back, right? So, so the valuation on a company, and again, I'm talking about individual company, companies versus like the S&P 500, but it's just, just investment 101, the, the valuation of a share in a company is not based on what it's currently doing. It's based on its future value. So you're, you're buying the future value in a company, not the current value of a company. So if you were to go buy a stock today or even the S&P, um, you would be doing it betting that the valuation of companies that are in the S&P or that individual company that you bought, you're doing it betting that the valuation of that company is more in the future because their profits are going up and they're continuing to increase. That doesn't play out very well if there's a recession and people are cutting back, you know, like you love Apple, we use Apple stuff, right? So got two iPads in front of me, yeah. Phenomenal company. Their sales have been really, really good. Their share we talked, I think, the other day about, you know, where they're at as far as valuation. You know, they are hitting all time highs. But those numbers are based on future sales, not current sales, right? So you see it and then like what are mm -hmm. they gonna do? Well if if the economy gets really, really bad, and I'm not picking on Apple here, I'm just giving you an example, but you know, if the economy gets really, really yeah. bad, um, as you use your Apple AirPods. <laughs> My AirPods right here, yeah, but you know, are are you still going to be willing to pay a thousand dollars for an iPhone? You know, or are you going to, you know, where are you going to cut back? And so I think moving forward, and uh, you asked me about Talonomics, what does the future hold? Nobody has a crystal ball, um, but I think it's likely that things get worse before they get better because it's sort of overdone now, and the economy and and just the world really, it's not just our economy, it's the world economy needs to get past all of this money that was printed um, because that bill is going to come due at some point. It, it has to be paid. What do we need to be doing when it comes to our day-to-day, -day, you know, economy and our day-to-day -day mm -hmm. lives? You know, do we need to be making adjustments? Do you encourage people to save a little more for a rainy day right now or continue business as usual? You need to understand what all of your options are. I think too many investors and in particular people that are investing for retirement are settling for a good word, I guess it's just traditional, just a sort of standard traditional investment. So, um, you know, stocks and bonds, mutual funds, maybe, you know, some real estate investments, that kind of a thing. 
you have to take a close look at what your goal is. But we spend a lot of time explaining to people what all of their investment options are. But if things aren't likely to do well, the percentage of people that are aware of inverse investment options, meaning they trade in the opposite direction of the market, the percentage of people that are have been made aware that those are even available is very, very low. Um, and it shouldn't be. I mean, people should have been made aware of what all of their investment options are. Investment options that can provide protection. I had a conversation with somebody just the other day, and it wasn't even a, a client or a prospective client. It was a another financial advisor. And, and we were talking about an investment that we were looking at for clients that would give, um, it's called a structured note. And you get a lot of questions about those. Yeah. But in, in this example, this particular structured note, and again, I'm, we just priced it. I'm not offering it, you know, to anybody, but just as an example, the way the structured note would work is it would be based on, it would be three years. So it's a three year hold. Um, the underlier, so, so structured notes have an underlier. In this case, the underlying investment would be the S&P 500. And um, what they do is they give what's called a, a, a participation rate on the S&P. And so most people, if you just bought the S&P, you're participating 100% in whatever the S&P does, right? So if the S&P is up 10%, you're up 10. If it's up 15, you're up 15, that type of thing. Um, but because of the way this is structured, your participation on this particular note that we looked at was 182%. Not too shabby. <laughs> yeah, if the S in, in the in the example, right? So over that three year period of time, if the S and P was up 10%, you wouldn't get 10%. You would get 18.2%. Right. And then the other caveat to that is there was also uh, protection on it. So with with structured notes, you can buy protection. And so in this example, it's called a barrier it's called a principal barrier. So your, your, your principal investment is protected to the downside too. So in this example that I looked at, um, it had 50% downside protection. So meaning if three years from now, uh, the S and P was down 50%, your principal was still intact. You didn't lose principal. Now if it was down 51%. That's a problem. So, you know, the conversation was, uh, and again, this is an advisor. He says to me, he goes, Oh, well, why would anybody just buy the S and P? You know, because you're not getting 50% protection. You're not getting 182% participation. You know, it's like, hey, man, we're on the same page here. You know, like, so what's the, you know, well, there's other, I mean, there's liquidity. Uh, there's risk associated with uh, structured notes are issued by banks, right? So what if the bank fails? I mean, there's lots of things to consider. You know, and anybody who's looking at a structured note should certainly look at the, you know, preliminary perspectives. I mean, all the details are going to be in there. But what I'm trying to get at here is the, the the percentage of people out there that have been made aware of a structured note and how it works is very, very small, right? And it's not because, I mean, there, there isn't an investment out there that's right for everyone, right? I mean, you, you always have to consider the risk here or there. But I'd be willing to bet that if I asked somebody who didn't need their money right away and they could wait three years, would you rather me just put you in the S&P or would you rather me put you in a structured note with protection, right? Even though it's like, you know, they'd be, well, geez, you know, maybe I want the structured note. Yes, I'd be interested in the structured note and all the details. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people would. But the industry and advisors, I'm not saying all advisors, but the industry and, and most advisors aren't communicating this to investors. Do you think it's maybe because they don't make as much money? Well, I mean, it, it could be a, a variety of reasons. I mean, it, it just depends on the, uh, I mean, for us, a structured note, it's not a commission-based thing. I guess in some ways it's a product, right, because we're building them out. It's like a tool in the shed to, like, 
help get things done. It's a tool in the shed. Yeah, it's an investment alternative, right? So all right, let's look at all of the things, you know, all the mm-hmm. tools. Uh, let's look at what you're looking to accomplish and then let's you know try to figure it out. So, you know, it's not the silver bullet for, for anything, but if you aren't, if you're making people aware and then just, again, helping them make an informed decision, these are all of the options. Then it's, uh, I think, too many people not getting good enough financial advice because I think a lot of people would uh, probably go that way for a portion of their assets, right, if they knew it was available. But too many people don't know it's available. And that is Talonomics. Okay. My opinion. So now I know what Talonomics <laughs> is. Join the conversation now at guardingyournestegg.com. Advisory services offered through Talon Private Wealth, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Talon Private Wealth does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation. Florida License D056341. California License 0N00828. Talon Wealth is the official wealth management team of the Florida Gators. Compensation was paid to Learfield for partnership with the Gators as of January 2023.